Thank you, Pastor Karen. Um, I'll start by saying this. Jesus was, is, and always will be the Son of God. And I don't think that can be said uh, enough, uh, especially when we're going through this series and, and I'm preaching on what we have called uh, Who is Jesus? this series. Um, the reason we have this title is to look at who he is in conjunction to that very truth of his sonship. One of those uh, elements of Christ's character which really come to the fore in, in, in this passage of scripture that we've just heard is his authority. Uh, we, we have it written here in, in verse 22. Uh, they were astounded at his teaching for he taught as one having authority and not as the scribes. See, here there are people that are astounded. Literally, Mark is telling us that they are taken aback, that they have, <laughs> to use a, a modern expression possibly, fallen off their seats. Um, they're in awe at what they are hearing. But they are amazed at the teaching of Jesus. Let's be clear, not because necessarily um, the way he is teaching, uh, the what he is teaching, but because of what is, seems to be this, this awe around him as he is teaching. It's that authority by which he is teaching that is, is causing uh, the, the response of amazement. And to help us understand this a little bit, um, in the context, what's happening here, um, that's just so very different to what the norm was at the time. See, those who stood up to teach in the synagogue would have been the priests, the scribes, some places Pharisees would have. Um, and in their teaching, they would have referred to Moses and, and they would have said so, Moses said. Um, or maybe they'd have pointed to the teaching of, of, of a rabbi, a specific rabbi, and they would have said, that rabbi said this, and they would explicitly state and quote who had said it. So that the authority was not with the person who was saying it, but was with the person who had said what they were saying. The authority derived from the other person. But with Jesus, that wasn't so. No, his authority was and is unique. Uh, it, it's original. It derived only from the Father, uh, given to the Son. And as we read in Matthew uh, chapter 28, uh, Jesus saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, uh, prior to his commissioning of the disciples to go and make disciples that can make disciples. This very fact that Jesus has original authority, being that he is fully God, it's shown by the response of the unclean spirit, crying out, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So not only in this teaching um, do we have that Jesus is the Son of God, his only Son, who was sent to die on the cross, because of his love for the world. It also speaks volumes about the sovereignty of Jesus. And we sang earlier, he is the king of kings. 
We sang that we declared God's glory, his majesty, Christ's kingship. That's his sovereignty. Scripture tells us of God's kingdom. And last week I shared briefly about uh, that the kingdom breaking into our lives is something that we should look for every single day. So I challenge you to look for it again today. Maybe it's something that's been said already in this service that is a moment of you just realising something new about God's kingdom. Maybe it's still to come in this service. Maybe it's going to be after that. But be looking for it. Because God is continually wanting to break into your life so that you can be a, a conduit, a vessel to carry that kingdom forward to wherever he's calling you to go. Because remember, if we want to see the kingdom, we have got to declare Christ as the king. That's whenever or wherever we are, because when we do it, we will see breakthrough. I was teasing my son earlier this morning. Um, he was pretending that I was on camera. He was holding up a spoon like it was a video camera. Um, and he was like, you're on the camera. Yeah, you're on the Eli show. And I was like, okay. He's like, what's the question? I said, what's two plus two? And he said, uh, I said, how do you work it out? And in the only way that <laughs> a young boy can, he goes, well, what makes two? One and one. So two plus two is two and one and one. Anyone can do that. Um, and it, it can be that simple. Declare Jesus as Lord. He is the king. We see the kingdom. The kingdom will break into our lives more and more. The more we declare Jesus to be Lord, the more we will see it. That can be declaring Lord over our household, over our marriages, over our relationships, over our parenting, over our bank accounts, over our work. Declare Jesus as Lord. Speak it out. Live it out. See breakthrough. Because God is sovereign. But in that sovereignty, he allows us as mankind to make a choice, uh, to, to accept that truth or to walk away from it. Now, the unclean spirit that confronted Jesus in the synagogue, he knew the truth. He knew the truth of who Jesus was. He accepted the truth and he obeyed his commands. You see, Christ's sovereignty is not up for debate, not within the spiritual realm. Even the demons come under his rule. God, in, 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 in the beginning, he gave Adam and Eve free will. And this is something that we, as human beings, have, have retained post the fall. However, one thing that we have not carried over uh, is liberty. And these are my words, these are words of Augustine. Um, we still have free will, but not liberty. That is to say, that we have free will to make the choices that we choose to make, but we lack liberty. That is the freedom to make the choice. And so let me explain that. Uh, the opposite of freedom is captivity. And scripture speaks of us being captive to our sins. Uh, 1 John 1.8 says that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And Jesus' words in John 8, 34, in speaking to the Jews, he says, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. 
Now I can say confidently that I am a sinner. And I would recommend that you too say that about yourself. It is even better to name the sin that enslaves. Because in naming that sin, the power that is held over you, the power that keeps you captive is diminished. Let us be clear. There are many things which the world will claim to be good and right, but which are abhorrent to God. There are many things that the world will say is not sinful, but we know it is because scripture tells us that it is. God's law is written on our hearts for those who obey him and live for him and love him. And so we know the difference. So yes, God is mercy, love and compassion. And he has that in abundance for his children. But, and this is really, really important for us to grasp. And I feel the need to really say it. Uh, it's a sad fact that so many people that walk on this earth are not children of God. Does that mean he doesn't love them? No, it doesn't. But to be a child of God, you have to accept that love, live into that love and respond to it. Being a child of God requires making that choice to accept what he says, that he is who he says that he is. To accept the grace that is poured over. It's poured over all who truly come in repentance. 1 John 3, 4 tells us that everyone who practices sinning also practices lawlessness. I don't know if you've ever thought about that or heard that before or really dug into that. We are all sinners. So when we practice sinfulness, we practice lawlessness. And Paul asks in Romans 6, should we continue to sin so that grace may abound? And he answers it with an unequivocal no. And Jeremiah declared, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I, will, when I will make a new covenant with my people. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. To be in relationship with God, to be called a child of God, is a commitment on our part. A commitment to enter into that covenantal relationship. And that means laying everything out that we have putting it all out and saying, I give it to you, God, as he puts everything he has out on that table and gives you access to that also. See, to truly know God is to accept that you are a sinner, to acknowledge that you need him to overcome that and to come in true repentance to receive grace and mercy. Grace is on offer for everybody who asks for it. See, without repentance, a relationship with God cannot be. So please, whatever you do, if you hear nothing else but what I'm about to say today, then hold on to that. Do not put the things of this world over and above Christ. Do not allow sin to separate you from God. 
Now you might be thinking that that's not really possible, is it? But trust me, it is. There is no sin other than the grieving of the spirit that cannot be forgiven. But that forgiveness needs to be asked for. We need to come in confession and seek that forgiveness. The free will to choose is there. So long as we accept Christ, so long as we are liberated, that is set free from our sin and the captivity that enslaves us by accepting Christ. In not accepting Christ, liberty is not there. The freedom from sin is not there without Christ's presence. But we can be our very worst enemy. We give over to strongholds. We allow the ways of the world to be explained uh, in ways that make things okay that we know maybe should not be okay. And let's not fool ourselves. Until we name and confront our sin, nothing can be done. We've got to come in confession to Christ and then and only then, having received that grace and that mercy and that compassion and that love, only then, out of all of that and the development of relationship with God, can we have access to all power and authority so that we can overcome those strongholds. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So earlier this morning, we had a time of corporate confession. We prayed that prayer of confession. But if there is something that you really need to just name, that you need to bring to him, that you need to lay at the foot of the cross to let go of it and to, to turn afresh today to him, then now is the time for you to do that. The song at the cross is going to play in a few moments. A song which reminds us of that love, of that mercy, of that grace and the abundance that is available for us in Christ. And that as we sang at the outset this morning, his love never fails. His love is always going to be available. So it is here at the cross where sin and shame are powerless. Name it here. Let the power which it holds over you, let, let, it, let it be gone. Let the freedom that is kept from you be given to you. Be released to step in to that new life. See, sin was defeated as it was nailed to the cross. The only place to find forgiveness is at the foot of the cross. So feel free to sing these words. But likewise, feel free just to let them be sung and for you to receive from God cleansing as you name your sin. If you're with others, and this is really something that you, you feel you need to come into with this morning, then pray with others. 
We're going to have the opportunity at the end of the service for you to be praying with lay pastors if you choose to call into that. But if right now you feel, I need to deal with this. And let me be honest, every single one of you watching, every single one of the people here in the room, know there is something that we need to get rid of. There is a stronghold on our lives that we need to lay down and name it so that the power's gone and we can step into the authority which Christ is giving us. Bow down to his kingship. Surrender to his authority. And be made new in power and authority given by him who has the original authority that surpasses all others.